Let's go straight in at verse 1. We see at verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came. We've arrived at a significant point in time. The disciples have been waiting for this moment. The moment where the promised Holy Spirit would come and pour out upon them and all people. The prophet uh, Joel in the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2 verse 28 said this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. They've got this promise that's been long awaited. And Jesus said to them, go to Jerusalem and wait there for this promise. Wait for the Holy Spirit to arrive. And this day, day of Pentecost that we remember that we're celebrating today, Pentecost Sunday, this marks the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. It's finally arrived. It's been marked this day. We all know what it's like to wait, don't we? We've all been in waiting. We've been waiting for the vaccines. We've been waiting for the tears to change. We've been waiting for restrictions to lift. We've been waiting for shops to open. We've been waiting for hugs or not waiting for hugs. We've all been waiting for things to happen. This week marked the week uh, where things have changed for some people and they've been able to maybe travel or see people, have people in their homes and so on, and have been observing and watching the restrictions, what they can and can't do. And for our little daughter, she's been waiting to see grandparents. Little picture here of her with her little suitcase packed, full of excitement, full of hope, desperate and longing to see grandparents. And I think you'll agree with the photograph, it was well worth the wait. The disciples have been longing, they've been waiting for this moment, waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, go into Jerusalem and wait. They're there arriving, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And they're there together. They're not waiting in a waiting room, waiting for the host to let them in, but they're waiting for God's promise, for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon them. And they're all together in this one place feeling lots of different emotions. Some of the emotions that we have been feeling and may be feeling now at this time, feeling loss, grief, confusion, pain. Because the rabbi that they followed and loved was with them, then he died, then he rose again, but then with the ascension, then he left again. They're feeling all these emotions and they're waiting for hope. They're waiting in hope. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, as was promised. Well, what happens after the long wait, after they've been waiting together in that place? Verse 2 says, Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came upon them. So you've got this wind happening. Verse 3 says that there's fire. They say that there was tongues of fire that rested on each of them. And then verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So you've got wind, you've got fire, and you've got language. And really it's the language that Luke focuses on here in Acts 2. The long-awaited Holy Spirit comes, is poured out upon them. And Luke focuses on this language that they're able to speak in other languages, as the Spirit enables them. They haven't learned this. It's not a learned language. It's not something they knew. But the Spirit has enabled them to do this miraculously. 
It's interesting when we think about that because we can see that there's really a reversal of Babel, or Babel, as some people call it. Because if you're not familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel, basically this is in the Old Testament. It's in Genesis 11, where King Nimrod was building this tower to reach heaven. He wanted to build and make a name for himself and the people. This, this huge tower that reached the heavens. And in turn, God used language to confuse them. In turn, God poured out all these languages. These people just couldn't communicate any longer. They couldn't achieve what they wanted to do selfishly, their selfish ambition, their wicked uh, ambition. And here there's a reversal because it's not language confusing people, it's language being confirmed. People are recognising their own language, being spoken by people who aren't from that place as the Spirit enables them. God's using language to highlight something miraculous, something special. Also as well, if you think about the Tower of Babel and King Nimrod building this tower upwards, people trying to reach up to heaven, the reversal of that on the day of Pentecost and with Jesus, you see heaven coming down to the people, not the people trying to go up to reach heaven. So the disciples are in this place, but it's not just the disciples that are in this place. There's lots of other people in that place too. Verse five says this, now there was staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. See, what you might not know on first reading of this is actually that the, the tradition was that people would travel in to Jerusalem for a festival, for a wheat feast. So they would all come. It was a tradition to do that. They would journey in to celebrate this festival. So people from all over, all the different nations would come around that area. They would come from different surrounding cities and towns. They would come into Jerusalem. So all the ducks were lined up. All the stars were aligned, if you like. It was an amazing opportunity a unique opportunity because suddenly at this time all these people from all over the place were in the same place and God chose to pour out his spirit and do something incredible at that time now you could say with where we are at the moment that actually all the online services that are happening all the Alpha courses, all the try praying things, all the different things that church services, the church online, all the things that are happening. Actually, suddenly, church is where all the people are. These days, eyes are on screen. Eyes are gathered around screens and phones and tablets. And people are in the same space, the online space, the online platform. It's an amazing opportunity. It's an incredible opportunity to show something of God, to be filled with the power of God and the power of spirit and to do something amazing that points to God, that points to Jesus. And the people watched on, most of them watched in absolute awe. Verse six says, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Verse seven said they were utterly amazed. Verse eight said, how is this? Verse 12 said, they were amazed and perplexed as they watched the spirit of God being poured out on people and their reaction to it. The empowerment of that gathered the crowd and amazed the crowd. Not all of them. Verse 13 said, some, however, made fun of them and said, have they drank too much wine? They're trying to get their head around, what is this? What is happening? This is something incredible, something other. And they're trying to make sense of it. 
However, we see that if we read on a little bit later, Peter, empowered, full of the Holy Spirit, stands up in front of all these people and begins to explain what was happening. This is something that was prophesied years ago. This is something that Jesus promised. He talks about Jesus. He talks about repenting and being baptized. And at that moment, in that space, 3,000 people have a realization of God, of Jesus. They convert. Think about not just them 3,000 people that had made a commitment to follow Jesus at that time, to turn their lives around. But they'll have gone back to all their hometowns, their cities. Like bees that are carrying something, they'll have gone back with that message, with that experience to their own places. Incredible. What an amazing moment. Pentecost Sunday is when we remember the outpouring of the Spirit, the disciples being empowered and full of the presence of God. John Stott, uh, a leader and an author, said this, that Pentecost has been called the first revival. And he, and he talks about revival being one of those altogether unusual visitations of God in which a whole community becomes visibly aware of the intimate, overwhelming presence. A moment where people are fully aware of God's presence. The first revival, Pentecost Sunday. Think about where we are, where we're recording this at the moment here in Edinburgh, in Scotland. You think about probably the last UK revival, the Hebrides revival, Scottish revival in 1950s, where people were aware of the presence of God, where the Spirit of God was poured out on people, where fishing boats would have to come in and, and they would come to shore and look for people to explain how do they turn their lives around and give their lives to God, where people would flock into uh, police stations because they knew that there was a Christian that worked in the police station and it was recorded that 300 people rammed into this police station and said, how can I become a Christian? How can I give my life to Jesus? There was an awareness of God in that place in that land in the 50s. I went out there to celebrate the 70th anniversary of the Hebridean revival and heard stories of people that would say about their grandparents and, and what they experienced and, and, and people that were children at the time, now in their 80s, just saying it was an incredible, marvellous outpouring of the Spirit where people were aware of the presence of God and their need for a saviour, their need for God's loving kindness and forgiveness, people falling on the side of the road, falling to their knees and crying out to God. Incredible, credible thing, credible time. Started with two elderly women, Peggy and Christine Smith, in their 80s, just praying desperately that God would do something, that God would pour out his spirit, pour out water on a dry land. I've been speaking to people at the school gate and it's incredible whenever I meet somebody who's got family from the Outer Hebrides, I say, oh, wasn't there something that kind of happened? Wasn't there some sort of like spiritual thing that went on there? Um, and I hear some of the stories like, yeah, yeah, my, my grandma talked about this and, and, and my husband's family are from there and, and they remember this. And, and, and I've heard this phrase, this, uh, this Gallic phrase that talks about the Kurum. And they would say, oh, people have got the Kurum. They've got the Kurum. They've got this 
awareness of God, this need for God, being aware that they need to turn their lives around, experience God's forgiveness. I had to ask a couple of people in the church uh, who speak Gaelic and say, have I got this right? Is this how you pronounce it? Is, is this the right word? And I'm assured that it is. It's also got connections to kindness, care, and responsibility. People that experience this outpouring of the Spirit, this awareness of God in the Scottish revival in the 50s, they would say, oh, wow, they're under the Kurum. They're under the Kurum, the Spirit, the presence of God. They're aware fully of their need for forgiveness, their need for a saviour. Well, that was the 1950s. We need a fresh wind, fresh wind of the Spirit that God would do something unique now, not exactly like he did then, not exactly like he did it back then or in the Hebrides, but God, what will you do now with us in our time? Will you come pour out your spirit? Would you come with a fresh wind, a fresh anointing, that we would be empowered again, that we would be alive with the presence and the spirit of God caring for people around us? I long to see God move again in power, in this land, in this time. We've been praying as a church and we've been doing these prayer gatherings every week online and physically that God's kingdom would come. We've been um, doing a 24-7 prayer with thy kingdom come and this morning I was praying with pastors and other leaders that God's kingdom would come in Scotland, in this nation, around the world, that God would pour out his spirit, fresh wind be empowered by him. We're in good company when we pray, come Holy Spirit. It's been a prayer that's been prayed for, for so many years. Come Holy Spirit. Now we may not be standing on the rooftops speaking in other languages that people are wowed by. We may not be speaking to thousands of people like Peter did on a rooftop. But thousands of people might be clicking on, logging on, Zooming in, watching on their phone, watching on their tablet, watching on their screen. Thousands of people, eyes on screen. What an opportunity for us as people to say, God, we can't do this in our own strength. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your Lord. Let, it, let us be under the current, an awareness of God, presence of God in our life, our need for God, that people would see not us, but they would see the power and the presence of God alive and active in our lives. That people would be amazed by how we love one another, by how we treat people in front of us, how we love the people in front of us. Just going to spend a moment now just asking God to, to, to come and to fill us we would live out his love, that we would be empowered, that people would watch and see God at work in us, on us and through us. And I'm going to pray some lyrics for some familiar songs that we've been singing recently. Maybe you want to hold out your hands and, and just be open to God. Lord, let us become more aware of your presence now. Let us experience, Lord, the glory of your goodness. Come, Holy Spirit. Fire of God, 
all with him. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray, as we repent and turn from our sin. Revival embers smoldering, breath of God, fan us into flame. A fresh wind, pour out your spirit, pour your spirit out, pour it out. And let's just wait like the followers of Jesus did. Let's eliminate any distraction from where we are. Clearing our mind and our heart. Confessing anything before God in our head, in our heart, that we might want to, as we look him in the eye. And now we worship and we praise you, God, that you're good. We worship you. And we just say, come, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us afresh, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, empower us, we pray, to be your hands and feet in this world. Amen.